Yeah, it, it, it is uh, good to be welcomed and to be here, and I'm not nervous at all. I, it's, <laughs> I've been preaching now, can you guys believe it, nine years? I started here nine years ago. It's uh, time flies, that's for sure. I look at young people that are all grown up now and taller than their parents, and oh my goodness, it's weird, And uh, but all your faces are equally as welcoming. Um, as Randy said, my name is Daniel Baker. I was the youth minister here. Um, uh, at first, they, were, they didn't know what they were going to get. You guys didn't know at all what you were getting because I'd never done it before, you know, and I just jumped right into ministry and, and God sure blessed it. Uh, we had so much fun and I can't even tell you how many kids we baptized when we were here and parents and, and there was a lot. Like, I mean, it was a lot. It was just the water was just always on. And, uh, and ever since uh, I went into ministry, the water has been on since I left. And uh, we got to be in Brookings for a year and a half. And that year and a half in Brookings, um, we, I think it was like seven, we baptized seven in the year and a half we were there. And I've been in Seaside now three and a half years. We've had 69 baptisms. Yep. Praise God. Yep. Uh, we've had 11 so far this year. And it is just, obviously, when you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be and doing what God's wanting to do, it just happens, right? It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, forgive me if I go to one side only. I'm so used to it like this at my church, not... Hey guys, hey guys. So it's been a long time. The stage has grown. I think these used to be sideways. Am I right? These are sideways. Anyway, the ceiling's the same height. So <laughs> anyway, I just, uh, you know, I, I've been praying for Brian. I've been praying for Redwood uh, Christian Church since the day that I left. I've been praying for this church and I love this church. Uh, I mean, I love the people here. The building's okay. I love the church, right? And uh, since I left, the, the church has gone through COVID and, and just difficult times, and, but God is still faithful, and look at the church is still here, you know, so praise God for that, and I'm really proud of you for those of you. Uh, um, I was talking to Ed a little bit ago, uh, and then Karen, you were here since the day one, right? You guys were all the way back in the good old days, right? Uh, isn't it kind of weird, don't you wish the good old days, when you were in the good old days, you realized it was the good old days, and then instead of looking back, knowing that it's now the good, oh, so hard, yeah. Uh, well, it was a blessing to get to call and just say, hey, I would love to come preach. Um, we have extra preachers where we're at, so I talked to Ben this morning, got to meet him for the first time, and his wife, Holly, and uh, we're going to see what we can do to send a guy down here once a month uh, to help. Um, we got four or five preachers where, where I'm at, and if we can help, we're going to help, right? So um, we'll keep doing that, and yeah, praise God. It's not just Redwood Christian Church. It's, we're all followers of Jesus, and we're all family. Uh, it doesn't matter where we're at, we have the same mission, and that is to find those who are lost out in our communities. Uh, I wanted to talk today a little bit about character. I know you guys just wrapped up a Boundaries um, uh, series. And I'm really glad that it's not boundaries. I don't have boundaries. So <laughs> you do not want me preaching on that at all. Um, 
when I get out of boundary, my wife lets me know that I'm outside of my boundaries, and she pulls me back in. So that's just the way that works. So I'm glad that I get to come and, and uh, preach on character today. I'll give you guys a little nugget of character. And this word character, if you go through Scripture, would actually, you could probably go 52 weeks. You can have a whole year sermon series just on the character of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, who Jesus is, how we're supposed to live like Jesus, how we're supposed to look like Jesus, act like Jesus. Man, I think we're supposed to be little Jesuses or something, right? I'm pretty sure that's what they actually called Christians, Christians. When we first were the early church, all the way back thousands of years ago, we were called Christians, little Jesuses. And then the word Christian came out of that. Today I get to cover and unpack integrity. This is a really hard message. Uh, it's important for us to, to live out integrity. I believe the only way Jesus went to the cross is if he had integrity. He had to have the utmost integrity. He never wavered from integrity. And if he did, he would have never made it to the cross for us. He would not have been able to be that spotless lamb. So today, uh, I'll do the best that I can to, to get us through what integrity means and, and how we can walk, hopefully, as we leave here today, a little bit more like Jesus. That's, that's my hope and my prayer for all of you today. So I want to start by asking this question. I asked this question in my church several weeks back. And uh, have, how many of you uh, use the self-checkout? Ever. Self-checkout, Walmart, Fred Meyer, all the rest of you are diehards. You're going to go through the line. That's great. But you still have to pay for a bag, right? You got to pay five cents for a bag. Unless you bring your own. Well, I don't ever bring my own, even though we own like 30 of them. I always forget to bring them. I'm ADHD. I am not thinking about that. I'm thinking about going to the store. So, how many of you guys have ever gone to the self-checkout and you threw all your stuff in a little Walmart bag and then it's like, how many bags do you have? And you're like, zero. No bags. And you walked out with two bags knowing that you took two bags and they were five cents each. But you're like, I ain't paying for these darn bags. And you press the button and you're like, forget it. I'm not taking, I'm not paying for bags. I never had to pay for bags my entire life. Why would I start paying for bags now? And the bags at Walmart, they don't even come apart. You have to work for it. They should just be giving me a bag. I'm doing their job. Right? Well, I'm just here to tell you, Jesus would pay for the bag. All right? You got to pay for the bag. Don't walk out with the bag and you didn't pay for it, because you then are a thief. That hurts, doesn't it? It's like, man, it was five cents. Yeah, you're a thief. It's not enough to get a felony, but in God's eyes, you just sinned. You're a thief. How many of you have ever got, like, a thing of water, and you throw it on the bottom, and you do go through the checkout where someone actually is helping, but you're paying more attention to how they're bagging your groceries, making sure everything rings up just right, and you want to make sure your coupons get used properly. And you walk out and you go to put your groceries away and you're like, oh, 
lottery, I just won water. I didn't have to pay for it. They didn't see it. I didn't have to pay for it. Have you taken the water back? Have you taken the dog food that you might have left down there? It happens to all of us. But you got to go back in. But what's crazy is when you do go back in, what happens? They're shocked to see you do the right thing, right? They're like, oh my gosh, why did you come back? Why is it shocking for our world today? Why are they so shocked that we went back and did the right thing? Because dishonesty in our world today is the norm. We live in a world of dishonesty. Get away with whatever you can get away with. I'm going to stick it to the man. Well, what man are you sticking it to? You know, we have to think about it because I think in the reality, the only man or woman you're sticking it to is yourself. Because you're going to have to answer for those things. Every single one of us have to answer for all of that. That's not walking in integrity. And integrity is when our actions match our beliefs and our faith. Our actions have to match what it is we believe. And it has to match our faith. Which should be the same thing, really. What you believe in your faith should be intertwined. And our actions must match that. I think a life that matches Jesus says it lines up with what you do in public. It lines up with what you do when you're alone. Who are you when no one's looking? You know, are you at home by yourself watching things you shouldn't be watching? Everybody's got a computer in their pocket now. What are you doing on your phone that you're not supposed to be doing? You think no one's looking, but someone's looking. You think you can run and hide from... God? Man, look what happened to Jonah. That poor guy. Coming out of the belly of that fish like that, you know his clothes were just uh, disgusting. Our private life must be consistent with our public life. It has to. That's where integrity stands out. Who are we when no one's looking? I think a lot of people actually, uh, I think it was a big deal um, even just like 50 years ago, 40 years ago, it was a big deal what your last name meant to the family, right? My last name is Baker. You don't go out and tarnish our last name. You remember that? It's your reputation. You don't go out and ruin your reputation. You honor the family by doing what's right all the time. But you see, your reputation actually is not integrity. Your, your reputation is a byproduct of integrity. Your, your reputation is only an opinion of what other people think of you. Right? What people think of you. What do you think of you? What does God think of you? Are you doing what's right? That is real integrity. Is when you, day or night, alone or with people, are exactly the same. Exactly the same. So when you see people that are not Christians out there and they're, they're just cussing up a storm and they do weird things and they're always talking about watching porn or doing all this stuff they're not supposed to be doing, I'm sorry, that's integrity. You know why? They're doing exactly what they believe and they don't care if they do it in public or private. Same thing. So if our beliefs are that's all wrong, and all of those things are wrong as we follow Jesus, and we say we're going to live for Jesus, then it better match us living for Jesus. Otherwise, we look like the world. And how are you ever going to bring someone to Jesus that is out there who walks in integrity? 
that doesn't look like Jesus, how are you going to bring them to Jesus if you look just like they do? It's not going to work. It isn't going to happen. You've got to build relationships, but you better be honest and you better be authentic. You know, as amazing as they have this neurotransmitter tester thing now that they can stick to your brain. And the one way to get the most activity out of a brain is from one uh, God-given function in every single one of us. Do you have any idea what your brain might kick these transmitters up the most is when you do something for someone? Do you know what that something might be? Nope. Close. Anybody else? Some love, maybe? Nope. It's being authentic. You got to be you, but you got to be you and Jesus. Jesus is in you. He now lives in you and you died of you. So that means you have to be him. Okay, so you got to be authentic with that. And when we are authentic, real as uh, modern day speech might say, real basically is integrity. You are walking with the utmost integrity. You are exactly who you say you are. And when you do that, you can truly love. You can truly care for someone. You can be there for them. They can trust you. It's amazing what happens. Proverbs 11.3 says this. Hit it, Jim. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of treacherousness destroys them. I don't know about you. When I don't do the right thing, it tears me up. Like, if I know I did something wrong or bad, I, it just starts to fester inside of me, and I have to definitely ask for forgiveness. If I hurt my wife or I hurt someone else, I have to call them right away. I'm that type of person. I'm a worry wart, not a worrier wart, worry wart, okay? And I worry all the time. If I think I offended someone, I will not sleep. It will just fester inside of me. I have to call right away. I will call you. If you get a call from me, you're like, why is Daniel calling me? I think I must have offended you because I got to call and say, I'm so sorry I did that. Otherwise, I won't sleep because I don't want anything out there that's not of God. I don't want um, confusion and and heartache or drama. Oh, I hate drama. Drama is no fun, is it, folks? Man, those who have teenagers know what I'm talking about. Love you, Savvy. (laughs) she's my family, I can say that. So I want to give us a snapshot of what integrity actually is this morning through scriptures, and then hopefully break it down a little bit, and hopefully we can become a little bit more like Jesus by the time that we leave. So Psalm 15, 1 through 5 is the main text for this morning. Psalm 15, 1 through 5, it'll be up on the screens. If you bring your Bible, that's awesome. I'll give you a second to flip her open. And I use the ESV version, so if you got any of those other weird ones, um, I'm just teasing you. Might read a little bit different. Verse 15, or excuse me, chapter 15, verse 1. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blameless and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. Wait a minute, so integrity has to come from the heart? Uh-huh. That's what God is always watching in us. Who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor? All of you with neighbors you don't like, you better start loving on them. Nor does take up reproach against his friend. 
in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurts and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Man, I'll tell you, Here's a couple benefits of having integrity and walking with Jesus and knowing that you're living right in all that you're doing. Like these are really important and, I, and I've understood them now the longer that I'm in ministry. How many of the guys, the longer that you are Christians, the more and more you feel like a sinner? Right? There's good news about that. That just means you're closer to God. Okay? The closer we get to God, the more we're going to feel like a sinner the more that we understand the power of the cross, the more that you realize that he died for us, right? So when you're walking integrity with integrity, you're actually growing closer with God, and then you're going to look back on your past and the things that you did wrong, and you're going to go, I don't deserve that. And you're right. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve the, the, the cross. None of us, no, we all deserve the cross. Let me rephrase that. None of us deserve Jesus on the cross and him dying for us and sharing his grace with us. None of us. But he still says, choose me, follow me, and then that means we must follow him with the most upright integrity that we possibly can. And when we do that, we actually grow closer to him because we don't have anything to hide from. And it's like having a little GPS in your life. It's kind of like giving you the right directions. If you're walking with integrity and you're like, your buddy comes up, hey, bro, you want to go up to the mountains and get drunk and go mob some like trails and stuff? It's going to be awesome. You're like, dude, that's a good idea. And then, boop, GPS pops up in your head and goes, turn left now. (laughs) Right? You're like, I'm out. Like, dude, I can't go with you, bro. Like, that's. No, uh-uh, I, we're going to get in trouble, <clears throat> and I'm not doing that. Ryan's laughing because I can see him calling me, bro, you want to go hunting? We probably wouldn't even kill anything. We'd have to jump his truck or something stupid. I know that'll happen. Then I'll invite my brother to come because it's going to be a good time, but say no. That's the GPS inside our brains. It's like, <laughs> don't do it, man, right? Walk with integrity, Pay for the stupid bags when you go through. The GPS is like, it's only five cents. I ain't paying that. No, I got to pay that, right? You got to do it. But here's the best part is, I don't sleep well at night, but it isn't because I, I lack integrity. But you will sleep with peace for those that might stay awake and can't sleep, but you can still be at peace because you know that you did everything that was possible through that day to be the most upright you could be, to walk with Jesus, to share Jesus, to to work the best that you can work, not I have to go to work, I get to go to work because God blessed me with this work, whatever. When you can walk like that, you can lay your head down on a pillow at night and go, yep, I can be at peace, God, thanks for today. Thank you for today. I'm so grateful to have today. And if you will, tomorrow, I'll do it all over for you. Because we are supposed to be living for Him. 
We're supposed to be living for Him. Every single one of us in this room that says yes to Jesus or is walking as a mini-Jesus, as a Christian, as a Christian, everyone in this room that said yes to Jesus, you said no to you. You died to you. That means you must die to all the desires in which you have and make sure you are now picking up the desires of Christ. It's not easy. Whoo! That's the hard part. That is the hard part. But there's a lot of us, us, I say us because I'm guilty of this sometimes. We don't really walk with integrity. We more walk with hypocrisy. Ouch. Daniel, you didn't have to go there. Everything was going so good. A hypocrite is basically an actor, an actor of a movie. They, they get on a movie and, it, man, it looks real. It's like so convincing that that movie was real, right? Some of you guys like to watch movies at night, snuggle up to your loved one, watch a movie. It's your best movie, it's your favorite one. Think of it. It's kind of realistic, isn't it? They're all hypocrites because that's not who they really are. Your favorite sitcom, that's not who they really are. That's not them. They're acting. And I think that sometimes, sometimes, I'm a hypocrite because I drive. Anybody that might drive knows what I'm talking about. And welcome back to Grants Pass. The traffic here sucks. I'm throwing that out there. It is not good. I do not like the traffic in Grants Pass. To get somewhere that takes 10 minutes normally takes about an hour and a half. And for some reason, everyone in Grants Pass forgot how to drive. And then I turn into a hypocrite. Love your neighbor. Not tell him he's number one. Pray for him who cut you off. Not tailgate him. Raising your hands like, what are you doing, idiot? No, 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 no. No, we got to look like Jesus even in the car. I don't care if you have tinted windows. Jesus can see you. Man. But I hope you guys realize, many of you that are in the Word, if you're not in the Word, I would encourage you to be in the Word. Because any church that you go to and they're preaching out of the Bible... You have to understand that Satan knew the word really well. I mean, he tried to use it on Jesus, if you remember, right? You got to know the word of God. But in those that have read the word of God, Jesus was harder on hypocrites than he was the adulterers and prostitutes. Think about that. He was harder on a hypocrite. That makes me stop and think, oh, Everyone in this room claims Jesus. Everyone in this room is supposed to go out there and look like him. The moment you become like the world, you become a hypocrite. Because you stopped looking like Jesus. Because that's what you died for and said you would look like. That's a big deal. That's a lot to swallow. And I'm not saying because you went out and you were a hypocrite today and you're not, you're, you're norm, not normally not. That's norm, my normal talking. I'm back. 
Welcome back, Daniel. Many of us can still fall into being a hypocrite on occasion, okay? So I'm not sitting up here, you're all going to hell, you sinners, because you're occasionally a hypocrite, all right? But I would encourage you to ask for forgiveness if you know that you did something that didn't look like him when you said you were looking like him. Matthew 23, verses 25 through 26, says this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Man, Jesus is like, whack, just nailing these guys. Jesus was a rebel. I love him. For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's also verse uh, all the way to 28. I didn't say that at the beginning. You got to clean the inside first. God does not care what you're wearing and what you look like or anything as long as your heart and your mind are correct. Okay, these have to line up. Oftentimes, I think my mind knows best, but then I have a problem about 18 inches lower from here to here, and this isn't right. Because I can become selfish because it's within nature of being a human. I want what I want. I want to do what I want to do. No one ain't going to tell me what I got to do and ain't got to do. Well, you don't get to live that way because you said you followed Jesus and you died of your old self. And he says, look, I'm trying to clean the inside of you. He gave us a Holy Spirit for that very reason. To reshape us from the inside out. Come as you are is a big deal out there on the sign when you walk through the door. What does that even mean? That means anybody inside this county or abroad can walk through those doors no matter what their life looks like. Doesn't mean we're going to affirm anything crazy or anything, but it sure means that we're going to love on them because Jesus did. What better place for someone to come and hear the gospel? I mean, bring people in. That's what we do. The big question is, what are you willing to spend your integrity on? What are you willing to spend your integrity on? You're walking upright. You're doing everything you need to do. Are you willing to take a gamble to lose trust to your loved ones, your spouse? Willing to give up and take a risk of your integrity? It could be like lying on a resume to get a job. I know people that have done that. It doesn't last very long. If you lie on a resume to get a job, and then you go get that job, and they go, hey, that thing on your resume you said you know how to do, we're going to need you to do that. You're fired. You lied. So what? You got a job. It doesn't matter. Maybe if you're a contractor or a business owner, are you willing to take and cut corners so you can have a higher end? And so your expenses are down here? 
You're willing to take someone to the cleaners instead of walking with integrity and doing what's right? Loving on people instead of overbilling and cutting corners? You're going to say, look, it's going to cost this much. Be straight up. It's going to cost you this much. And I guarantee you I'm going to do a great job. And if I don't, I'll come back and fix it. Walking with integrity. Looking like Jesus. Man, here's a big one. This people, people do this all the time. Exaggerating to be liked. Man, that fish was this big. Ain't that right, Ryan? That was that big, wasn't it? There was a few of them. Ryan doesn't exaggerate about his fish because he takes pictures so we can actually see them. But we can exaggerate like, man, I saw this bear in the woods just running by. It was like 1,200 pounds. He even had horns. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Man, there's, there's just so much kids today cheating to get a better grade. Man, you know what they got out there now for cheating? Artificial intelligence. AI. If I wanted, I could have went to AI on the computer and said, I need an outline of a sermon for integrity. And in like three seconds, types it right up. Good to go. So kids in school now, they're going to they're gonna ace their writing assignments. Man. But that's not integrity. Parents, teach your kids, man. Do what's right. Even with the, the easiest of tools at hand. Use it as a tool, not a, not a way to get away with it. I mean, they say that men and women now, one out of, one out of three women and two out of three men are addicted to pornography. And that's not worldly numbers. That's the numbers in the church. I recommend anybody in this room that has that problem to go to someone they trust that you know they don't have that problem and download an app called Covenant Eyes. Get yourself some help. Get yourself some help. Don't try to hide it. Take care of it. You know, that's not integrity. Move. Take care of yourself. With a job that we do, or with Job, a job. I'm still new at this. With Job, integrity is everything. How many of you guys know the story of Job? If you don't know the story of Job, that's okay. I'll give you a little bit of rundown. This dude was like very, very well loved by God. He was a righteous man. He did everything right. He walked with integrity. He had a lot of kids. He had a beautiful home and barns and animals and property. Dude had everything. And the devil went to God and said, hey, let me at him. He'll turn on you. He's going to turn on you. And, and God's like, no, no, not Job. Not, not Job. And he gave Satan the okay to go. And he took everything from this man. 
Everything that was on in this world, he took. And I, I got to read this because this is huge. It, he lost his kids. He lost his farms. He lost his barns. He got super sick. Guy had boils popping all over his body. You know that's got to be painful. I mean, this guy's going through everything. Job 27, 5 and 6. Far be it from me to say that you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and I will not let it go. My heart does not reproach me for any days of my life. Any days. His wife even said, just give it up, man. Just curse God already. Curse God. He didn't. He never did. You know, I was going through my top drawer, my wife's thankful, in my, my bedroom because it's full of junk. I don't even know what half of it is. And I was looking for something the other day. I had lost something. Shocker. And I'm looking for something and I have this little round black golf ball. Little round black golf ball. How many of you have been over there to the Medford Family Fun Center and did a little putt-putt? Right? What happens when you get to the last hole? You lose the ball. I didn't. I just got it close. Just a tap in will do. And then I kept my ball. But it wasn't my ball. I still have it. One of these days, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to be like, hey, I stole this like 20 years ago. Like, I've had that thing forever. And I just reminded myself, I'm like, that's not an integrity move. Man, and it's just so little. It's like the grocery sack thing. Man, it's like lying and cheating and stealing. Even if it's a little white lie, you got to tell the truth. Talk to your spouse. Trust your spouses. Talk. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't steal grocery sacks. What if you don't have integrity? What if you don't have integrity? What if you do not walk with integrity? Can you truly say you're a follower of Jesus? Can you really do that? I would question your faith if you are not one who has integrity and carries integrity and looks like Jesus. It's a stark reality that we all need to look into and take an inventory of ourselves, and maybe say, where am I falling short here? Where am I falling short when it comes to integrity? Because it was integrity, as I said in the very beginning, that allowed Jesus to go to the cross. And if I remember right, Scripture says, pick up yours. Pick up your cross. Die of yourself. Look like Jesus and walk like Jesus. Matthew 5, 37. Let what you say be a simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. It's as simple as that. My wife actually taught me this. I didn't know this when I first met her. I always had to make excuses or... Like, especially with your kids, 
If you tell your kid no, you mean it. Because as soon as you give in, guess what? They got you. They know how to work you now. They're going to get it. But what happens if you say yes and then you back out? Now you crushed them. You crushed them. Let your yeses mean yes, your noes mean no, even when no one is looking. We have to align our hearts, our words, and our actions with God's word. We have to. God calls us to do that. You said yes to him. To leave here today, say yes to him again. You just took communion. You taking communion is saying yes to Jesus. You're saying thank you Jesus for allowing me to take this communion in remembrance of you. For what you did for me. Now the least that we can do is be his disciple. Because that's what he's asked us to be. Go and share your faith. Share your faith. It'll help you grow. It'll fill this church. You have elders. You don't have to have a lead pastor for a church to grow. You can do it. But you have to share your faith. How many people are in here today, you guys think? We came up with a number earlier. It's like between 70 and 80, maybe. 88. 88. Woo! 88. You guys have one year. One year to disciple one person. You do not need a lead minister when you have elders. A lead minister is great. Very good for vision casting and preaching and getting excited and just being weird sometimes. But if you brought one person to faith, there's 88 people here. How, how big would this church be if I came back in one year? If everybody just, one person, go share your faith with them. Love on them. Teach them the ways of Jesus. One person. This church, double it in size. It can happen in less than a year, but I do believe you guys could do it. But it takes all of us. Because see, in Ephesians 4, it says we all have a priesthood. That means it has to be all of us. He doesn't say, all right, and in the name of Jesus, all lead pastors have to be the only ones to bring people to Jesus and to church. doesn't say that. It says we all have to do it. How many of you people, how many of you people, you like that? How many of you people, how many of you guys have non-believer friends? Great. If you didn't raise your hand, go get some. You don't got to hang out with them every day or anything, but go get you some non-believers. If you don't have any non-believer friends, how are you going to share your faith with them? You don't have to share your faith with someone who has faith. You get to have communion with that person and share in your faith. But they already believe. Stop convincing them. They know. Share your faith with those who don't know Jesus. You know, one of my favorite things that Tom did well, Tom Moyers, though of you knew Tom, 
poor sucker who hired me. <laughs> he loved people, man. And the folks that are still here that knew Tom, y'all love people. And, and I learned that from him. And then the other thing that I heard uh, Kurt Witten say a lot, he said this all the time, go into town and make Jesus famous. Okay? Now, how that worked out in that stretch, whatever. But maybe we should do that. Maybe we should actually do that. I preach about that, and I do it myself at home where we live now. Make this church known for the church that loves people in Josephine County. This church loves people. How? How do, you, how do they know if you don't have any non-believer friends? How do they know if you're not out in the community doing anything? Let's go walk with integrity. Upright. Not stuck upright. No, no. Don't do that. Go genuinely be authentic, walking in integrity, and love people. And make them know that Redwood loves this community. And you'll see this church grow even without a lead pastor. I guarantee it. Because the scriptures say so. The scriptures say so. I want to pray for you guys. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just thank you for this opportunity to have a homecoming with so many folks that I love and that have loved us to continue in ministry and to raise us up to go, okay, go, do God's will. We just thank you for that, Lord. And now I want to say that same prayer over everyone here. I just pray that their hearts are so filled up with you that it has to overflow to Josephine County, to Grant's Pass. Lift them up. Send them, Lord. Everywhere they go, let them be that beacon of light that you've called us to be. To be that beautiful aroma. The salt of the earth. Lord, I just pray for all of us that are in here today that we would just walk upright and with integrity to look like you, Lord, as we go and persevere and fight the good fight. Lord God, I just pray that you would continue to bless Redwood through the times, the hard times, and all of the good that are still yet to come while remembering all the good that they've had. Lord, I pray for all the pastors that have come before and whoever it is that comes next. I lift up that man and his family to you now, praying for them, whether it's in a year, two years, or five, whatever, whenever that might be. Lord, I just pray that you bring the right one. Bring someone with longevity who can be here and love this flock. Lord, I lift up this day, and I thank you again for being here. In Jesus' name, amen.